0: On this episode of the Jeff Does Vegas podcast.
1: We started to look into the industry and we started to realize that this is actually a job. Like people actually dress up like celebrities and get paid for it. Not just like this thing that we thought we made up. You know, this is actually a real career. I can be an impersonator.
0: In Spanish, its name means the Meadows. You might know it as the entertainment capital of the world. Lost wages, or simply Sin City. Of course, I'm talking about fabulous Las Vegas, Nevada. On average, 42 million people visit Las Vegas every year, and I'm one of them. I love this city the sights, the sounds, the shows, the people, the history. I want to share all of it with you. Taking you to the world famous Vegas Strip and beyond, my name is Jeff, and this is the Jeff Does Vegas podcast. Hey there, and welcome to episode number 66 of the Jeff Does Vegas podcast. Thank you so much for hopping on board this little podcast adventure to my favorite city on the planet, fabulous Las Vegas, Nevada. Before we get things rolling for this episode of the show, I want to thank my guest from the last episode, musical comedian and singer-songwriter Sarah Hester-Ross. I had so much fun chatting with Sarah. We talked about her musical background, how she ended up in Vegas, the shows she's been involved with in the city, as well as how she's been building her online presence on her various social media channels, including TikTok. If you haven't had a chance to listen as of yet, jump into the archives wherever you get your podcasts and search out episode number 65 my special guest, Sarah Hester Ross, or head to the website at jeffdoesvegas.com. All right, on to the show. One of the many things I love about Las Vegas is the vast array of entertainment options available. And one of the most popular types of shows are the celebrity impersonation or tribute shows. And my special guest for this episode of the podcast is one of the best in the city. Christina Shaw has been a professional celebrity impersonator for close to 20 years. As Britney Spears, Christina Aguilera, Lady Gaga, and a host of many other celebs, Christina has had the opportunity to travel all over the U.S., Asia, and the Caribbean. She's been performing in Las Vegas since 2010 and has had the opportunity to headline on the Vegas Strip numerous times, including in the iconic Legends in Concert show. During our conversation, we talked about Christina growing up with a very entertainment-centered family, how she got started in the world of celebrity impersonation, when she made the move to Las Vegas, along with some of her past Vegas gigs, and the process she works through to create her impersonations. Please enjoy my conversation with Christina Shaw. So I always like to begin my conversations with my guests by learning a little bit about them, finding out a bit about their backgrounds. You are a daughter of the city of brotherly love.
1: Yes. Yes born and raised Philadelphia I'm an only child I'm actually an only grandchild so it's a very lonely world in uh, yeah <laughs> in Philadelphia but uh, you know I made it work uh, I know I, everyone people a lot of people will ask me like oh was it was it was it lonely or was it had it, did, you wish you had brothers and sisters? And I'm like, well, I don't know any other way. So no, it was great. I lived a great life.
0: <laughs> I kind of had the best of both worlds, so to speak. I was an only child until I was 17. And then my dad wow. and my, my stepmom had a, a daughter. So I have a, a, a half sister who's 17 years younger than me.
1: Wow. So,
0: so I kind of had the only child world until I was like 17. And then yeah. I went from being able to blare my music at all hours of the day or to being told that I was typing on the computer too loud and I was going to wake the baby. So, oh, great. <laughs> um, you grew up in a, in a very, um, entertainment based family. Your dad was a DJ. Was he a, a DJ, uh, in radio?
1: Actually not in radio. He worked in the clubs.
0: Oh, club so he was one of the cool, cool DJs.
1: Yes. Yes. He worked at a really popular club in Philadelphia. Um, uh, actually lots of clubs but his main club was called the 94th Aero Squadron and um yeah i actually growing up i had lots of birthday parties there like on sunday afternoons like that's where my birthday parties were at the club like it was so cool like i literally was like born in the club <laughs> and that's how my parents met they met in the club so it's like so cool
0: that's amazing i mean your birthday parties must have been the coolest birthday parties of any kid in school
1: oh they were awesome and like of course my dad there would always be a microphone that would come down and i would start singing and oh my god they were so (laughs) much fun and too like because my dad was a dj you know he always got like the the newest music and he always knew like the most popular songs and like i always had like you know he got you know the record pools that would literally come to our door every once a week with all the brand new records and all the brand new CDs. And it was so cool to just always have that music around in my life at all times.
0: The record pools that brings back some memories for yep. <laughs> guys guys that did spend time in the clubs carrying milk crates full of, yep, of that was my dad vinyl to clubs yeah oh, that that's was my a, dad that's amazing that's so cool
1: I know now he like he comes to Vegas and he sees what the DJs do now and he's like are you kidding me <laughs>
0: <laughs> right it's all on computers how hard can it be I know That's so funny. And then your mom, she ran an entertainment company.
1: Yep. She ran an entertainment company in Philadelphia and, uh, she hired anything from clowns to magicians to caricaturists to, um, and then herself, she did princesses. So she did Belle and Ariel and Barbie and all the princesses. And, um, so she did that. Pretty much as she was raising me. So it was great that she did that stuff on the weekend. And then my dad has his, my dad is actually also an accountant. So he's an accountant by day and a DJ by night. So, and then my mom did her entertainment business stuff on the weekend. So it was a good balance for my parents with me. So I hope to have that same balance when I have children one day.
0: That's awesome. That's so cool. And so when did you start performing then? Were you always kind of, I mean, I know you, you're a, you're a pretty extroverted person. Have you always been like that?
1: Well, my mom did Barbie at parties and she would bring me as skipper, which is, I don't know if you're familiar with Barbie's little sister. Her name was Skipper. Yeah. So my mom would, she made me a costume that matched hers because Barbie and Skipper usually matched. And we went to parties together. And if I was like feeling up to it or if it was a good party, then I would sing a song too for the kids as Skipper. And yeah, so I've been performing for a really long time. And every gig, my mom would give me $10. <laughs> <laughs> And I would take the $10 and I would say, I'm going to put this in my little piggy bank and save it. <laughs> I was a good saver back then.
0: <laughs> that's, that's pretty decent pay though for a, you know, for a kid for a few hours of work. Really?
1: Yeah. Yeah. A seven, eight year old, like 10 bucks. It's like, yes. You know,
0: I'm not going to lie. I would take 10 bucks right about now to dress up like Skipper. I'm <laughs>
1: <laughs> I think anyone would.
0: I don't, I don't think anybody wants to see this as Skipper, quite frankly, but you know, would, well, maybe, I don't know. I <laughs>
1: I mean, I'd pay for it. I'd give you 10 bucks.
0: Okay. You just zip that my way anytime. I'm okay with that. (laughs) (laughs) So Um, when did you make the move to Las Vegas? I mean, what was kind of your, your routing to get to Vegas?
1: So I, because of my mom's entertainment company, actually somebody called her and said, Hey, my daughter, this was in like 1999, 2000. So they call my mom and they say, Hey, listen, my daughter loves Britney Spears And is there anything that you can do party wise that you can incorporate Britney Spears into a birthday party? So my mom's wheels got turning and she basically was like, huh, well, my daughter kind of can sing like Britney and she can dance. And she's like, let me see, you know, if we can put something together. My mom's like a genius when it comes to that kind of stuff, like anything, entertainment, anything where she's going to make money. She's like, yep, let's, we're going to figure it out. So she kind of, we kind of like, took the same structure as she did for the princess parties and put it into a Britney Spears type party with Britney Spears music. And I put makeup on the kids, I taught the kids a dance routine to oops, I did it again. I sang to the kids obviously. Uh, we did a game, I signed autographs, and I actually told the kids that I was not Britney because they knew, you know, most of these parties they were for five, six, seven, eight-year-olds as old as maybe nine or ten sometimes. But they knew that I wasn't her, you know. So I, like, explained to the kids, like, I'm an impersonator. Does anyone know what that is? You know, and they'd be like, yeah, I know what that is. And sometimes they wouldn't, whatever. So it started as birthday parties. And, I, you know, I was about 16 years old. And as the years went on, 16, 17, 18, I was doing these for my whole, you know, pre-teen, teen life as Britney Spears. And then we started to look into the industry and we started to realize that this is actually a job like people actually dress up like celebrities and get paid for it. Not just like this thing that we thought we made up, you know, this is actually a real career. I can be an impersonator and do whatever with it, you know? So we got more deep, deep, deep into looking into things, talking to agents that were in, you know, Florida and in Canada and then, you know, agents all around that basically, said like, Hey, you can get your daughter into this, but this is what you need. You need better pictures. You need videos. You need this and that and the other thing. So then, um, uh, from Britney, I started doing Christina Aguilera too. She wasn't as popular as, um, as Britney was. And then I started doing faith Hill and I started to travel. As soon as I turned 18, I was like, okay, well, I'm 18 now I'm out of high school. Let's take this to the next level and start traveling for gigs. So Actually, I did my first traveling gig in the Cayman Islands <laughs> as Faith Hill.
0: That doesn't suck.
1: I know it was awesome, <laughs> and um, so I did that. And then I went to like New Orleans, so that was cool. was Christina Aguilera. So like that was my first taste into like traveling as an impersonator. And then after that, um, it, so in the impersonator industry, there is a show called Legends and Concert with which some of you might be familiar with. It's basically the longest running impersonator show the longest running vegas show i believe um and it's basically like the mecca of mecca of shows of an impersonator that you want to get into like if you get into legends and in concert you've made it like you are like the best of the best basically um so i had auditioned a couple times i actually auditioned as i couldn't audition as britney because i don't look like britney so I had, I wanted to audition as Christina and then they were like, Hey, why don't we audition you as Jessica Simpson? Cause she was really big back then. So I auditioned as Jessica Simpson in Atlantic city and didn't hear from them. And then I was here in Vegas for a gig and they said, I guess I contacted them and say, Hey, I want to come in and audition as Christina Aguilera. Cause she's the real artist that I want to do for you. So she, they, they said, yes. So I secured an audition with legends, went into legends auditioned as Christina and I didn't hear from them from a co- for a couple months. And then out of the blue, they literally contacted me and they were like, okay, we're ready. We're ready for your act here in Vegas. And I was like, oh my God, I can't believe like literally my dreams are coming true. Like this is the coolest show ever. This is like my dream to be in this show. So they flew me out to Vegas and I performed in the Vegas show here, which was at Harris at the time, For three months. So what Legends and Concerts do is they rotate their acts. About every three months they bring in new acts. So after I went here, I went to Foxwoods, Connecticut. And then after Foxwoods, I went home to Philly, worked back to my nine to five job with the car dealership that I was going nowhere at. And it was basically just like, okay, now what? Like I reached my goal and now I'm stuck here in Philly, like going nowhere, you know? So my mom was like, of course my smart mother was like, Hey, why don't you move to Vegas? Like you've already kind of lived there. You know, people, what do you think about that? Like, why don't you do that? And I was just like, actually, that's not a bad idea. So I packed my bags with no job and I moved here. And the one thing that my parents said that I'll always remember was you can always come back home. Mm -hmm. And so that made me a little less fearful, like knowing, like, hey, I'm going to go to Vegas. You know, I had some money in the bank, so I, I knew I could keep myself afloat for a couple months if I had to find a job. Um, so I was just like, you know what? I'll go for a couple months, see how it works out. Yeah, little did I know that was going to be the best decision of my life. <laughs>
0: And so when you got to Vegas, was it just like, boom, you were right in? Or did you have to bounce around a little bit? Did you have to do the, the cocktail waitress thing at all? Or, or were you like right into shows?
1: Well, no. Um, so when I first got here, I actually had an impersonator gig already lined up, which was great. Um, so I got here and then like that next day I had a gig which was, I didn't have, I didn't have my car here yet. So um, I was doing Lady Gaga and and there was a Cher impersonator, uh, Heidi Thompson. And she was like, yeah, I'll pick you up. And she like picked me up for the gig. I was like in this apartment with this girl, like roommate that I didn't even know. And um, so she took me to the gig. So then I had that gig. So that was great. And then I started um, to submit to more agencies out here. And then I started to realize that you can make money here in Vegas, like doing all kinds of things. Like it's crazy, especially as a young female, like you can like literally be like, hi, would you like to sample some Don Julio and make money? Like it's crazy. (laughs) So basically, so when I actually, when I worked in Legends in Concert, um, my stage manager He also ran the Go-Go Dancers, which if you guys don't know what a Go-Go Dancer is, it is not a stripper. A (laughs) Go-Go Dancer is a atmosphere dancer who is basically fully clothed, but also like scandalously clothed. And they are in bars, um, clubs, outdoor venues, and they're basically like getting the party started. Like they're in, they're on boxes or they're in something or they're up high so you can see them and you kind of dance to the music and that's it you know your friendly friendly face that gets the crowd pumping so basically my stage manager from legends was the person who picked the dancers for a place in vegas called carnival court which was at Harris. it's like an outdoor uh, venue. I think you're familiar with it. Very
0: familiar with Carnival Court. Yeah, almost, almost too familiar in some ah, ways. Ah,
1: yes. So <laughs> yeah, so they have bands there, and they have a DJ there on the weekends. So um, he was the one who chose the dancers for that. So he was like, "Hey, here's the company. Go audition for this company, and you know, maybe they'll like you. And of course, I'll pick you to work here." So, but I had to actually go through the company first. So I went to the company, and I was like, "Hey, you know." I want to try to go-go dance <laughs> and they're like, great, come for the audition. And I got the audition. So go-go dancing has actually been a pretty big part of my biggest life because it's like kind of like my nine to five, you know, like I do my impersonator gigs here and there. Cause you know, it's not like a steady thing. It's a lot of corporate work. Mm-hmm. And then on the weekends I go-go dance. So it's always been a nice, like something to fall back on that I always know I have money coming in, even if things slow down in the in the corporate world or Lady Gaga doesn't come out with an album for five years or whatever the case may be, you mm. know? So yeah, go, I started um, go-go dancing about three weeks into landing in Vegas and living in Vegas. So I had a job, it was great. And then from there, you meet people and you meet more people and then those people get you jobs. Vegas is a lot about networking and not so much a little bit of who, you know, but also like, you know, who you can get to know and who does what. And it's about like learning the different aspects of Vegas and the different jobs and directions that you can go in, in your career. And that's what I learned pretty early on about Vegas, which was, which was really cool. Uh, I love this sound.
0: It's funny that you, you talk about that whole, um, meeting one person who introduces you to someone else and you meet someone else through them and so on and so forth. I mean, that's, that's basically what i found with doing this podcast is I met one person who introduced me to someone else who introduced me to three other people. And the next thing you know, I have 27 guests lined up for the podcast.
1: <laughs> yes, <laughs> exactly. Well, that's how I met you. And actually to answer your question about cocktail waitressing, I actually did do that. But not only was I a cocktail waitress, I was a singing cocktail waitress. Of
0: course you were.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Of course. So I always say like in Vegas as a singer or dancer, you do one of two things. You work at Don't Tell Mama. So you're a singing bartender or you work at um, the Rio, which it's called a bevertainer. And you basically serve drinks. And once an hour, you get on these. There's these little stages all around the uh, the Rio. And once an hour, you get up and you plug your number in. And you get up and you sing. The singers sing. And obviously, if they're a dancer, if that's their act, then they do a dance number. So I feel like the rite of passage into Vegas, you're either that or like a gondolier. I feel like that's also like a, a stepping stone to Vegas, too. Uh, but yeah, so I, I only did that for three months. I worked the graveyard shift and literally, like, cried myself to work every day. <laughs> The worst, but I met really good people, really good people who got me gigs.
0: One of the first trips I ever took to Vegas, my wife and I went to the Rio, and I remember the bevertainers, and we were so confused because I mean, (laughs) yeah, it's very weird. We're coming from this small Canadian city at the time we were living in in Regina, and it is pronounced that way in in Saskatchewan. And we had, this was our first big vacation that we'd ever taken as a married couple. And it was like 2003 and we go to Las Vegas and we go to the Rio and we're walking through, I think we were on our way to see Penn and Teller or something ridiculous like that. And all of a sudden, yeah, out of the blue, boom, stop, waitress up on the thing. She's singing, dancing. We're like, what the actual hell is this city that we're in? This is amazing.
1: (laughs) Yeah. It's, it's, it was very interesting, but like most people didn't care. So like, you know, I'd be like, you know, I'd be serving drinks and I put my money in and people would just be at the slot machine, just (sighs) like, give me my drink, like get off the stage and get me my drink. Like no one actually said that to me, but I literally was just like performing for no one. Like some people would walk by and stop and then they just keep walking. And just like, oh my. It was the worst job ever. But <laughs> again, I, I met some really good people and who got me gigs literally got like, because I met them, got me another go, go gig who got me another, you know, it's just, it's all, this town is really cool like that.
0: When you first got to Vegas and you got settled in and you started living there full time, Was there anything about the city that kind of surprised you? I mean, everybody kind of goes to Las Vegas with these preconceived notions about what the city is like. Was there anything once you were there you thought, oh, this is completely not what I was expecting?
1: Well, because I've kind of lived here three months before, I kind of knew like that there's, you know, there's actual neighborhoods. And a lot of people, when I first moved here, they were like, where do you live? You do you live on the strip? It's like, no. No. Like and uh, oh and my favorite thing is when people say, "Oh, I could never live in Vegas. I could never." It's like um it's it's just like a normal neighborhood. It's a normal community. Like we go out to restaurants and we don't drink and party every night. Like there's there we go to the strip when you want to go like downtown or you want to have a fancy night out, but we're not like going to the strip every night to drink and gamble. Like no. <laughs> Um, that didn't actually surprise me, but that actually surprises a lot of people. I think what surprised me the most about Vegas was how tight-knit the community, the, the entertainer community is. It is such a beautiful, loving, supportive uh, entertainment community here in Vegas. And it, when I go to events um, where there's going to be lots of singers or lots of performers, and it's so refreshing to just feel the support and the love of everyone. When you walk into a room and everyone hugs each other and everyone asks how you're doing and genuinely not phony, like it would be um, in New York or, or LA or, you know, another big city where there's lots of competition. Yes, there's competition here. And yes, obviously some people can be, you know, catty or you might have disagreements with people, but for the most part, the city is just so, um loving and just takes t- took me in with open arms for somebody who just came from Philadelphia and just came here that surprised me the most and it was it's it still surprises me to this day when I go to these events and it's just like i just i get so happy that like you almost want to cry everyone is so sweet and everyone's so supportive and yeah it's one of my favorite things about vegas
0: That's, you know what, that's, that's one of my favorite things too. And as, as an outsider, that's kind of been welcomed into that intimate little group of people. um, You're right. That's the thing that I've noticed is there isn't that, that ego, there isn't that, any of that, as you say, that attitude or that cattiness or that phoniness, everyone is genuinely so friendly and so wonderful with each other. That isn't going to happen in a lot of places.
1: Yeah. Exactly, and it's just it's it's so wonderful. It's so wonderful here.
0: I do want to spend time uh, talking about your your career as a uh, as an impersonator. First off, I guess I should ask is is celebrity impersonator the the right term for for what you do?
1: People call it different things. I like to call myself an impersonator. Um, you can call it a celebrity impersonator. You can call it a tribute artist. Um, some people call Sometimes I'd say look-alike, but I don't think I really look like. Like when you see me, you don't say, "Oh, you look like Lady Gaga." Like some of some impersonators that I know, like literally when they walk in the room, they're like, "Oh my God, you look like Britney Spears." You know, like that's not me. So I don't necessarily like to say look-alike, but I like to say tribute artist or um, impersonator.
0: Well, and I feel like I mean, you 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 sing, you dance, you perform, which in my mind is more than, than a lookalike, which is, I mean, it's, it's in the name. They stand there and they look like the person.
1: Yes. 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 <laughs> That's also, also, yes, exactly.
0: So Britney Spears was your, was the first impersonation that you ever did?
1: Yeah. Britney Spears was first. And then Christina Aguilera was very shortly after, cause I, I love Christina. Christina and Britney are just like, my favorite just performers in general. Like, yes, Britney not the greatest singer in the world, but as an entertainer, she is just amazing. And growing up, studying her and Christina kind of molded me into the entertainer that I am today.
0: And so how many celebrities and, and characters and, and, and such do you have in your repertoire now?
1: <laughs> now. So a lot of them actually like came in and left like like I said, Jessica Simpson. Um, Hillary Duff was a huge thing back in like the early 2000s. Hannah Montana was a huge thing in the early 2000s who I used to do. Um, now, so I do Brittany and Christina still, Faith Hill, which is also like pretty original. I used to do Shakira. I don't get many Shakira calls because she's not really super, famous here. I don't know. I've done like a couple here and there. Um, so I guess I could say I still impersonate Shakira. I just haven't been called in like years, but I can still do it. It's all the costumes and such. Um, and then more recently I started doing, um, Lady Gaga in 2010 or 2009. I did Lady Gaga And then um, Taylor Swift is more recently. And then since some of the Disney princesses have been coming, the newer Disney princesses like Elsa and Anna and Rapunzel, um, I started taking on some of that. And I've actually done that now for years. I actually used to do that in Philadelphia as Cinderella and princesses like that. I just don't do it as often. Because it's not like my passion, I just kind of do it to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, but more recently, since Frozen came out, about what five years ago, four years ago, I started doing Elsa, and then that that kind of died out, though. But now it came back because Frozen Two came out, so Elsa has gotten popular again. So I started doing a lot lots of Elsa gigs recently. So, but I don't, I really wouldn't consider Elsa an impersonation. I don't know. I mean, I guess it is, but I don't see it that way. Like my impersonators are Brittany, Christina, Gaga, Taylor, and Faith. And then there's Elsa. <laughs> no, I <do>. Her children. <laughs> How
0: do you keep them all straight in your head?
1: <laughs> it's hard. You know, sometimes I realize like I'll I'll do some like different vocal things as one or the other. I'm like, no, no, that was Taylor. I can't do that. Like, no, get out of that. It's yeah, it's 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 not
0: the easiest thing to do. So, I mean, take me through the process when you start working on a, on, on an impersonation, a lot of people, I think they don't realize, and I mean, I've talked to John D Domenico about this. They don't realize the amount of work that goes yes. into preparing for this. You don't just show up dressed as Britney Spears and ta-da, that's it. Like take, take people through the process of how you develop this.
1: So the, the way I pick my characters number one is I have to enjoy the character. I have to like their music I have to like their image I have to look somewhat like them. I have to be able to sing the music and or dance and I can I am a dancer so I can pretty much do any celebrity that dances. Um, so but first and foremost I have to like the character after liking the character, I have to get familiar with the music which, if you're a singer, you understand this, but learning lyrics is not the easiest thing in the world because you literally have to listen to this song a thousand times to get it correctly. Because you think you know the words to some songs. But then when you actually go up for karaoke or like you actually have the song with no words in it, you're like, oh, I, I don't know that word. That that was a was or an it An M? What what did she say? You know? So that's the second part, learning the lyrics and stuff. And then the harder part, the harder parts of learning about the character as a female, obviously, is the makeup. So with Britney, I don't like Britney at all. So I have to do all kinds of contouring with my nose. Her eyes are far apart and they're droopy. And you have to study this. You have to study your character and what kind of, not necessarily what kind of makeup works for them, because sometimes the makeup that works for them doesn't look good on you or doesn't make you look like the character. So you have to kind of take what they do with their makeup and contour your face to make you look like that celebrity. So again, with Britney, I have to make my nose look small with Gaga. I have to make my nose look thin, but she has like a lump like I do. So that's, I got that advantage of me. (laughs) And uh, yeah, so there's all kinds of shading and stuff. And then once you get the makeup down, You have to start looking into costumes, which can get very expensive, Um, different looks that you want to emulate, wigs, hairstyles, and then the hardest, I don't want to say the hardest part because this isn't the hardest part for me. This is my favorite, the favorite part of the process for me is learning how they move. Every artist moves differently. Brittany has a thing with her hand. And she goes like this. Christina has a thing with her hand where she goes like this. Lady Gaga goes like this. And she likes to point a lot. And Taylor Swift likes to look to the side. And she likes to do this thing like this with the microphone. You know, this very intense way of singing, Taylor Swift is. And Faith Hill, she just stands there. So, <laughs> so there's, and, and I mean, and there's everything from lip, movements. You know, there's, there's the way that Christina puckers her lips. And there's the way that um, Lady Gaga makes the growl face. And Britney has the tight lips because she can't really sing and she's (laughs) trying to push it out. So yeah, I mean, there's everything from, you know, lip movements to hand movements to the way they dance to uh, the way they walk. Britney drags her feet when she walks. Uh, gaga skips a lot and she gaga doesn't stand still Gaga just <laughs> goes like Christina takes a break you know Brittany doesn't sing but when you do gaga whoo you have to dance and sing your damn heart out it's insane it's insane doing gaga so yeah so it's it's a very lengthy process of and lots of studying I don't think people realize and even even now like Before I go on stage, I actually like to watch a video of them to like not only refresh my memory, but just feel what they feel and how they feel when they're on stage. So I like to do that as well because it gets me in the mood too.
0: That's so crazy. I mean, again, I don't think people realize how much work goes into this type of performing. I mean, I do to a certain degree because you guys have been nice enough to kind of take me behind the curtain on this stuff. But even still, like I'm still learning stuff. This is a lot of work.
1: <laughs> yeah, it is. But when you enjoy it, it's not work.
0: Yes. Yeah, yeah. that's fair. That's totally fair. Um, is there a particular impersonation that you love more than others?
1: People ask me that all the time. And it's so hard to pick a favorite because they're all like my children. I studied <laughs> them for so many years, like, and they're all different. Like Britney is just iconic, you know, like her, her dances, like people know her dances. People do the dances with me. Like, so when doing Britney, it's like, you don't really have to worry about the singing so much as the dancing. And so like, that's what I love about Britney and the songs. The songs are so good and they're so iconic and everyone knows them. And then with Christina you know, she is like the most like me vocally. I like riffing and just like, you know, crazy singing, which is so fun. A little bit of dancing, not hardcore dancing with Christina. And then with Gaga, it's like, she just, she's nuts on stage. You know, she's singing, she's dancing, she's playing the piano, she's jumping off the stage. She's, you know, like, it's just, I get to just act out of control on stage as Gaga. So that's really fun. And then as Taylor, I like doing Taylor because she's real like lanky and skinny like I am. So I don't have to like cover up with costumes. I don't have to cover up my body. I literally like embrace my skinny and awkwardness <laughs> as Taylor. So that's fun because I get to be a little bit more like not myself, but I I don't have to worry about like being perfect with dance moves because she's not. She's just like, nah, you know, mm. flails all over the place. And again, her songs are great and she's more of a country crossover pop singer. So I love her songs. And then Faith is just stand there and sing <laughs> sing all the country songs that all the older people love you know and it's not more of like a concert like a rock or a gaga concert faith is more like a everyone sits back and has a glass of wine and watches you know and people enjoy it differently than they would enjoy me as gaga so they're all different and I love them all in separate ways so it's not like if someone calls me, what's your favorite character that's the one you you have to do I'd be like uh, can I do a one-woman show of five characters yeah. <laughs>
0: Have you, um, have you had a chance to meet any of the, uh, the people that you impersonate?
1: I actually did. Oh my God. I cannot believe I can actually say this now. This is so cool because for years, everyone would always ask me this question and I would always say no. So this last year I got to meet Christina Aguilera. It was so awesome. She had a meet and greet. She actually had a, um, residency here in Vegas and she had an opportunity to meet her and you paid for it. It wasn't astronomical. But it it was like, I think it was like a thousand bucks. But I was like thinking like, okay, if I think this through, when is another time gonna come along where I can pay a okay amount of money to meet my idol? Like, and if I wait too long, she's either gonna be too old or she's not gonna be relevant anymore. you know, like nobody's you know, so I want to meet her at her prime, you know so, I was like, I'm just going to do it. I I don't care. Like this is a, this is a dream of mine to meet, to meet Christina. I'm just going to do it. So I paid for it. And it was, it was cool. It was a very quick, it's not, I would never do it again. Mm -hmm. um, Because it was like, okay, next picture. (laughs) Okay. Next picture. You know? And it's like, you're so worried about like saying the right thing. You want to say it quick enough. You don't want to like, obviously insult her but it's not like you're just like having a glass of wine and talking to someone or like how we're talking like now back and forth. It's just like you tell her what you want, you take a picture and then you go. (laughs) So, um, I did tell her that I was an impersonator. And at the time I was in my show called blonde invasion, which I impersonated lady Gaga in the show. So, and we were both in planet Hollywood. That's both where our shows were. So that's basically what I led with. I was like, Hey, just wanted to let you know, like, Uh, I'm a singer too. I'm an impersonator. I started off impersonating you and you are like a main reason why I'm doing what I'm doing. And I impersonate Lady Gaga in a theater right down the hall from you, you know? And she was just like, oh my God, that's so cool. I love that. I love that. She kept saying. So it was, it was cool. And she was very friendly and we took our picture and that's it. (laughs) (laughs) So next time I meet them, I, I don't think I'll ever do that. Like to meet Lady Gaga, it's like five G six G or it's, it's cra- I'm like, I would never pay that kind of money. I don't care. Like, especially for that experience. If it was an experience where I could like literally hang out with her, it would be different, but I will never do a meet and greet like that, and pay that kind of money.
0: You've done a, a ton of headlining uh, in Vegas as well, which is such a cool experience. The Blonde Invasion show was was such a neat concept and was such a fun looking show.
1: Oh, it was! It, that show was literally my dream come true. Like Legends was great, don't get me wrong, but in Blonde Invasion, it was it was a track show. It would have been amazing if it was a live band, but it was a track show and. We had four dancers. Uh, what Blonde Invasion was, was, it was a tribute to Lady Gaga, Britney Spears, and Madonna. I did Lady Gaga as Britney Spears was Katie Murdoch and as Madonna was Cody Alexander. And we basically went in a row and performed sets. So Britney would come out, or I'm sorry, Madonna came out, did 10 minutes. Britney came out, did 10 minutes. I came out, did 10 minutes. We did a, not a duet, but we did a trio number And then would start the thing again, then Madonna, Britney, myself. And then we did a finale number and we had four dancers who are incredible. I mean, some of the best male dancers here in Vegas, incredible ones. I mean, worked for Cirque. One of them is now a dancer for um, Shania Twain. Like, I mean, some of the the most amazing dancers, B-boys, I mean, it was, the show was incredible. It was a very small theater at Plano Hollywood. It only held about a hundred people. Um, but it was a dream come true. They gave us lots of creative control on which songs we liked. And the producers were very good in listening to our ideas and concepts and costume choices. It was, it was amazing. We danced I, we all danced, obviously, as Britney, Madonna, and Gaga. We were all dancers, singers. We all sang live, and I also played the piano for a couple numbers in the show as well. So there was a little bit of live music. <laughs> uh, so I got to play the piano, which was fun, and it was just—it was just sixty minutes of just down, bam, bam, hitting you with the next hit, and the next. Hit. It was—it was an incredible show. Unfortunately, um, it's really hard to. Keep a show here in Vegas. I mean, some of the best shows in Vegas close within a couple couple weeks sometimes because it's a really hard market. There are so many big shows out here that people know and people know to go to. They don't think of venturing out. Let's see this show. Let's see a new show. Let's see something we haven't seen before. Um, and we'd have the greatest crowds. I mean, the people that came they wanted to be there. You know, they, they loved that era of, of time and music. And it was such a dream come true. I even had a, a rolling billboard, a truck billboard that drove around the strip with my face on it. It was incredible. I was like, this is, this is like the coolest moment of my life. Like literally seeing my face drive down the Las Vegas strip. So yeah, that, that, that show is incredible. I wish you got to see it.
0: I know it was one of those shows that was on our list and then, yeah, it went away so quickly, sadly, yep. because that, and, and you're right. It's, it's, it's sad to see shows like that disappear so quickly and there are so many of them. And, and I remember having a conversation with, um, with Vin A from Bronx Wanderers about that ah, Yeah, and, and how, I mean, the, the show's it's expensive to put a show on in Vegas and, and you have to be prepared to, to lose money for a a certain period of time. And, and so many producers, obviously they're not in the business of losing money. That's, that's not why they're there. So it's, it's sad to see shows like that disappear.
1: I know. And there's, there's, you know, as entertainers, there's nothing we can do about it, but go on stage and do the job to our best of our ability. And people love the show. I mean, we got really good reviews on Yelp and Google. And, you know, we, we had great reviews. We had great fans and followers of the show, but you know, it lasted for a little over three months. And, um, we literally got the call the day of that. We were not opening that night at four o'clock and the show was started at seven. Wow. So that was the way, the way that it all ended up was kind of sad. Like mm-hmm. we didn't, we didn't, we didn't even get that. Like, this is your last show tonight. Enjoy it. So it was just like, Oh, so last night was my last show. And I, I didn't even know it, you know? So, uh, but I got amazing video. I have amazing memories from the show and Hey, if they called me tomorrow, I would do it in a second (laughs) again.
0: (laughs) Um, I want to talk a little bit about the, the, the current world that we're in right now, the pandemic world, the post pandemic world. I know. Uh, Um, when things first started sort of shit in the bed everywhere, for lack of a better term, um, I mean, how how concerned were you with this? Like, did it, I mean, I don't think anybody thought it was going to be as long as it's lasted. Um, but in the back of your mind, were you kind of like, this could be bad? Or was it like, you know what, I it'll go a couple of weeks, it'll be fine.
1: Well, actually in January, I had this gig and me and this girl who I just met, we were actually go-go dancing at a nightclub and she was looking at the news and she's like, oh, there's this thing and it's called coronavirus and she's telling me all about it and she's like reading it as she's telling me it and she's like, oh my God, they're shutting down this and that. And I was just like, what? I was like, Pff. and I want to say she maybe said like they could maybe sh- shut down the casinos and I was like, that would never happened. That would I was like this is re-. I was like I don't want to talk about this. Like I literally I remember recording her and giving her this look like this girl is nuts. And to think back on that moment, it's like oh my god. Like this was a real thing and then so then when it actually hit me was I was at another gig. Uh, actually I just got hired at Omnia nightclub to be a go-go dancer. And I actually work at Chateau nightclub which for the last 5 years, which is a great nightclub I've been working there for years, still technically I guess working there, but I had my first night at Omnia. And um, since it was my first night, we're all like, Hey, let's go to the bar before the gig. Let's like have a drink. And then we'll go into the gig. Right? So, so we go to the bar, we're hanging out and it comes up on the TV. This is basketball is ended indefinitely. And you know, but a lot of people listening probably don't. I am a huge sports fan. And when I heard Adam Scheffner, come on. And when I heard, literally everyone from ESPN come on and say, Hey, listen, there's going to be no basketball, no hockey. I was just like, this is serious. This, 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 is, this is serious. And that was my last gig. That was my last gig. Wow. And uh, so that was March 7th, I think. Um, and as a gig worker an independent contractor, I don't have a W2. I don't pay into unemployment. So it was a very scary thing for me. But on the other hand, as a gig worker and an independent contract, here's the thing. I don't necessarily know, but before the pandemic, I don't know when my next paycheck is going to come. So as an entertainer in this industry, you have to keep that always in the back of your mind. Someone always even prettier or or more talented can come in and take your gigs or Or you could get pregnant or I I could get pregnant or you could get in an accident or something could happen and I don't have that stability. So as an entertainer, as a gig worker, you you have to keep finances saved. And some people don't, which is really sad for a scenario like that. Some people, I, I don't know how they're surviving right now. Unfortunately, I'm one of the lucky ones that, again, my dad was an accountant. I am very smart with my money and smart with the idea of knowing that my career might not last forever. So um, unfortunately, for some people that's you know not not the case. But I was very lucky in that aspect. Um, but I instantly went into how else can I make money? <laughs> and I, I started working for this company back in January that actually John D. who who is also an impersonator, he does Donald Trump. He t- told me about a company called Cameo and they do online personalized greetings. Mm-hmm. It's mainly for celebrities. And I'm talking like B-list celebrities. Like you're not going to find Brad Pitt on there, but you'll find people like Mandy Moore and Hillary Duff or... Actors, soap actors, stuff like that on this website. Or if you have a gimmick like me. So I was like, hey, what if I took my Elsa character and put it on this website called Cameo? So I started doing Cameos in January, obviously before this whole pandemic started. But once March hit, the Cameos went from like two a day to like five, six, seven. One day I think I had like 14 a day. Jeez. So thank the Lord I have income from that. Mm -hmm. Um, But, and I'm, I'm like super like, where, where can I find my next gig and where can I, you know, succeed in something? So I'm like super driven, super like, I'm not just going to lay back and collect unemployment. Like, I'm like, where can I, how can I make some money? You know, (laughs) that's just my, like, um, I don't know. It's just like in my blood. I I like to work. So, uh, so that's what I've been doing. And I, I'm, you know getting by
0: it's it's funny that you you mention about having that mentality of of never knowing where where the next thing might come from i mean i worked in radio 20 years and i watched so many people who morning show guys, particularly who were employed at eight 55 that morning when they walked out of the studio and at nine Oh one walking out of the boss's office, they no longer had a job. Yeah. So my wife and I, we always kind of had that same attitude. She's the one with the real job. She works in healthcare and has a master's degree. So like I say, I like to say she's the one with the real job. And so we always kind of planned our lives based on on that and even yeah. things like mortgages or buying cars, it was always the affordability of could we afford it if I was no longer employed. Exactly. And so when all of this started going down and people around me started freaking the F out because, oh my God, what am I gonna do? I was like, okay, internally I was freaking the F out and starting, you know, like I'm my dad was a credit manager. So all about yes. budgets and money and yep. stuff. See you know it was that same thing of okay I got a plan right away I'm going to start yep. making a budget and all that stuff yep. and figuring it out. So it's funny that you've got that same sort of mentality about it.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean you almost you almost have to if you're an entertainer. You, you, again, you don't know when your next gig is going to come. You don't know what's going to happen, and so that kind of prepared that mentality prepared me, as weird as it sounds, for the for this unfortunate pandemic that happened because I was in the back of my mind already prepared for something like this if God forbid something would happen. So, I mean, you know, you just kind of have to roll with the punches at this point. Mm -hmm.
0: So, I mean, as things are starting to, to open up and I mean, people are starting to get back to work and the casinos are opening up and stuff like that. Do you have any concerns or trepidation at all about getting back out? and performing in front of a live audience of people?
1: Um, I am very much looking forward to it. I'll tell you that much. Um, I think, unfortunately, our line of work is going to be the last thing that reopens back up shows, pools, venue. I'm actually also an MC, which is another reason why I love this town is because it, Another one of my many hats that I (laughs) learned from being here in Vegas is I, I've started to become an MC and I MC for pools, um, all over Vegas. And, um, so, um, I don't think that stuff's gonna, I don't think I'm going to have a job for a couple months still, unfortunately, Mm -hmm. but we just got to see, you know, it's just, there's nothing we, any one of us can do, but wait.
0: With the the health side of it, do you have any concerns as far as getting back out in front of people? I mean, I'm assuming that the venues are going to start making those adjustments for social distancing to have right. crowds, uh, you know, the right distance away from you guys and you guys the right distance away. Is there, I mean, how do you think things are just going to, uh, things are going to change?
1: I think the scariest thing for me as an, as a performer, I think to see people with masks on in audiences is going to be very depressing because, you know, as an entertainer, we, we feed off of that feedback. We feed off of that whistle and that, yeah. And those smiles and, and the reaction and the, wow, look turning to their partner and, you know, singing along, watching their lips move to not be able to see this, is going to be very, very hard to get used to. Um, and as far as me wearing a mask, I've been a germaphobe my entire life. Like this pandemic has just shown other people the way I normally live. <laughs> I carry in my purse at all times, and this is this is this is not just from this. This is year years 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 years. I always carry little alcohol prep pads you know you like when you go to the doctor and they like wipe off your arm before they give you a shot i carry those you can get them at wal you know walmart walgreens wherever i carry those in my purse at all times before i eat i like clean under my nails with them and and wipe it off and you know wipe off the microphone if i'm singing i'll literally take it on stage discreetly turn around open it up wipe off the mic and sing into it like I do this stuff all the time. Yeah. Why other people is the, why this is like a new shocking thing for everybody. It's just like, what, why wouldn't you wash your hands when you come home from the grocery store? Like I always do that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, and I mean, you guys as performers too, this is the other thing. And, and previous, as you say, previous to the pandemic, I don't think I've met a performer that isn't a germaphobe to a certain degree.
1: You have to be. Yeah.
0: Because you guys need to keep yourselves healthy in order to earn an income.
1: Exactly. If we're sick, if we lose our voice, that's it. I can't work. I can't, I can't go to work and work on a computer like normal people would if they had no voice. Like, no, I'm, I'm not going into work. I can't, I can't be happy if I'm literally like sick. Mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's really hard as an entertainer to go to work sick. So yeah, that's another thing, like super germaphobe because of that reason, just like you say,
0: you got a lot going on in your life too. Personal wise right now, you're getting married this year. Is that, is that going to work? Is it going to (laughs) happen?
1: Jeff, like I just said, I have (laughs) no idea. Um, I, so our wedding is planned for August 29th. And it's actually going to be in Philadelphia because um, my, so my fiance, Sean, he um, he's an acrobat. He's amazing. He's actually in Cirque. Well, was in Cirque is, in Cirque, I don't even know how to say it anymore. <laughs> um, so yeah, he's in Cirque de Soleil. He's in CA here at Vegas. Um, so him and all of his family are very athletic, very young. He's got five brothers and sisters. His parents are amazing. Um, they are more able to travel than my neck of the woods. My family is my, my grandma's 96, like she's not going to come here. So it's easier for his family to pick up and come to Philly. So our plan is, uh, to get married in Philly. We started, I I got engaged in, um, September. So we started planning the wedding pretty pretty quickly. As soon as we knew his schedule for work, we scheduled the wedding around his work schedule. So that's why it's in August. I wouldn't necessarily want it to be in August, but in the hottest, you know, in Philadelphia, (laughs) it's going to be a hundred percent humidity. So, so yeah, so we're still supposed to have it. Um, Right now, Philadelphia is going into the yellow phase in I think June fourth or fifth, um, we have to be in the green phase for weddings. But the wedding is at the end of August, so that is our to our advantage. And we're just basically hoping and praying that we can we can still have it. And I mean, unfortunately, it's it's taken the joy out of the wedding, which kind of is a bummer because I don't I'm not excited about it anymore because I don't know if it's going to happen. Yeah. So it's just it's a really weird time to plan a wedding.
0: Definitely. Definitely a, a, a weird, weird time to, to say the least. Um, Christina, if people want to check you out, they want to check out your work. They want to see some of the, the cool, cool stuff that you are up to. Um, you're all over the interwebs. Where can people find you?
1: Yeah. Um, so I'm on Instagram as Vegas, Christina and Christina's with a C H R I S T I N A. And on Facebook, Christina Shawl. And um, YouTube, my channel is Popstar2b4u, and that's the number two, the letter B, the number four, the letter U, Popstar2b4u. And you can see all my impersonator videos on there. And yeah, and I actually also have a fantasy football podcast with my good friend, Kenny Davidson, and that is called Our Vegas Fantasy, and you can find us on uh, Instagram for that as well.
0: Excellent, Christina. Thank you uh, again so much for jumping on the podcast with me and uh, having conversation. Um, awesome to get caught up with you, and uh, I hope to be able to get down to Vegas very, very soon to be able to to hang out with with you and and everybody in my Vegas family.
1: I know we miss you, Jeff, and thank you so much for having me on the show. This was so much fun. <laughs>
0: If you want to check out all of Christina's work and start following her on social media, I've got the links to her Instagram and Facebook in the show notes at JeffDoesVegas.com, as well as the links to Christina's cameo pages so you can book personalized greetings from Taylor Swift and Elsa or Anna from Frozen. And that wraps up yet another episode of the podcast. If you've got feedback on this episode of the show, or any other episode for that matter, or you've got suggestions and ideas for topics you'd like me to cover on the podcast, please feel free to reach out to me via Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram at JeffDoesVegas. You can also email me directly at jeff at jeffdoesvegas.com. In the meantime, thank you so much for checking out the show. Be sure to subscribe for free wherever you get your podcasts so you'll know the moment new episodes are available. And don't forget to visit jeffdoesvegas.com for past episodes, show notes, and a link to the official Jeff Does Vegas YouTube channel. My name is Jeff, and this has been episode number 66 of the Jeff Does Vegas podcast.